High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. Time for the Hook House Checkup with my guest, as always, Dr. Kira Kelly. Now, your questions on health to 53106, cost 30 cents by text. Kira, welcome to the program, Doc. Thank you very much, George. Um, now, I'm going all, some. I think this is interesting, if you don't mind me saying so. It's a testament to your professionalism. Good. I like to, where we're going with this. The questions are becoming more medical and less about uh, the efficacy of three Hail Marys or Mary Magdalene. <laughs> Who would have thought that in a health slot, that that would happen? <laughs> yeah. Well, now, I'm going to this one because I'm really angry about this. Okay. okay? She, it's Kira, who's 29. Okay. She has a sugar addiction. Okay. Started in her teens. Okay. She she drinks three liters. Liters. Okay. Which is two by a liter is two point one pints in all money, a day. And she has desserts and anything sugary, right? Okay. What should I do? Do you want to take it or will I take it? Well, I think I'll just start by saying give it up. Yeah, no, you're totally right. There's been a lot of studies done around whether or not you can be physically addicted to sugar. And it's pretty much a psychological addiction, as in you're not actually sugar dependent. You just want it. And one thing about sugar is this, is when you take it, particularly um, like sugary drinks, for example, which have a, a high hit of refined sugar. So you might have some of those things would have 16 plus sort of teaspoons of sugar in the drink. If you do that, your sugar spikes in the blood, your insulin spikes in the blood, and then it it shoots straight up, but it falls straight back down. And when you have a plummeting um, blood sugar, you crave sugar. So it's a sort of self-perpetuating thing. It's, it's not it's not an addiction, but, but what you need to do is just cut it out and drink the water and go cold turkey. And once you stop doing it, the cravings will go. Well, it's really interesting. I would have had for a long part of my life, most of my life, put milk and sugar in my yeah, tea yeah, and coffee and so on. And then one day I just stopped putting sugar in my tea and coffee and putting milk in my tea and coffee and then you just don't feel it anymore yeah. it, it takes about a fortnight I think she's 29 so I daren't say she's part of the snowflake generation but she really Kira does need Kira her Kira she needs to cop herself on and just say three litres of coke a day is nonsense it's absolutely correct. nonsense and, yeah. and, and here's the thing you know some of it does take willpower none of these things are easy in the sense that you can just someone's going to do them for you but actually once they become habitual that you don't have I mean I wouldn't dream of drinking three litres of coke a day and it's no hardship to me to not do it because it's my habit you need to make a habit of being healthy alright stop now, drinking what it about here. this 33 year old uh, have an occasional it's like stress a stabbing pain in my heart feels like electricity lasts for a couple of seconds 33 this person is yeah, is th- that okay I think stabbing pains are alright aren't they <laughs> well we don't want them really having any pains most people just to, to point out who have stabbing chest pains it's usually on, on inhalation so when they breathe in they get a stabbing pain in the chest and mostly it's pleuritic which means it's actually related not to the heart but to the lining of the lung that's that's the common thing and people have that because they have pleurisy or they could have it for a blood clot or they have a variety of reasons and that's usually lung lining pain or pleuritic pain but we don't really know on the on the, the, the high noon health check 
whether or not that's what's going on here because we don't really have enough information. I would say anybody who's feeling that they're getting stabbing, shooting pains in their chest area, particularly if it feels like an electric shock, probably should at minimum have like an ECG. So I do think this person should go. Even have though a, it's occasional. Yeah, I think they should have an ECG. I think I think it's no big deal to go and have an ECG and to chat with their doctor. And they may need a thing called a Holter monitor, which is an ECG you wear for a day. So for 24 hours you wear an ECG and then you can really plot the electrical charges of the heart. Well, it's supposed to be Event. Yeah, well, the but, big you know, advantage is if you get it done, then you're not worried. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think that stops worrying. Yeah. is a good idea. Yeah, now, Doc, a listener says, I was driving last week, ear pops, I had a cold and flu, which has passed, but still having difficulty hearing in the right ear. Okay, I, I think the pop has been one of possibly two things, and it's, it's hard for us to know without looking down the ear canal um, one is they may have perforated their eardrum and if the eardrum is perforated, perforated? yeah How? well I've, I perforated my own eardrum on a plane once doing that thing where you hold your nose and kind of blow because I was trying yeah. to get my I was trying to get my ears to pop and the bloody thing perforated and I felt it and I knew it had perforated and then I got somebody who was a doctor to have a look and yes it had um, so you can perforate your ear handy enough um, I thought you had to stick something no in. they can pop from pressure so so they may have a perforated eardrum because with the cold and the flu they may have if they do it'll heal in time most likely but if it's still now not able to hear you probably should get it checked but equally they may just have a bit of eustachian tube dysfunction which is that they're getting popping in their middle ear because of a blockage in the tube that connects their middle ear to the back of their nasopharynx which is kind of the back of their throat um, in which case they may need you like this a topical steroid spray up the nose to clear the ear, believe it or not. So they may well, need that's that. That's why these places are called ear, nose and throat. Well, they are all, all linked. They are. They all meet in the middle of your head, basically. So I would suggest this person, if they still can't hear after this, probably should go and see their GP and they can have a look down the ear and talk to them about what's best because they want to get their hearing back. Yeah, but you can't go to your GP at the moment because there's, there's about 500 flu victims sitting in the waiting room. Do you know what? You're not wrong. I, I have lots of patients, particularly my patients with, with CF and all those kind of things who are actually arriving, checking in and saying, I'll wait outside in the car. Will someone send me a text when I'm next because I can't sit in the waiting room? Uh, the health service is most certainly under pressure at the moment right. from, from respiratory sort of infections. I thought itching had gone. It no, sadly it's still it hasn't. It's still in vogue. It, it is. It's definitely a woman because she's breastfeeding. Okay. Can men breastfeed? No. Okay. Uh, so it must be a woman then. She's breastfeeding, so she can't take antihistamines for the itching that's driving her mad. Uh, she's she's in trouble because she's right. Most breastfeeding and antihistamines are, are contraindicated, so you, she's not going to be able to take them. So if her skin is driving her nuts, it would be great if she did some kind of a diary. She could see maybe what's given her the hives because she may be eating something or drinking something that's setting her off. That's the first thing. But you know what still works is calamine lotion. And what also works is old school stuff like a bread soda bath, George. If you get into the bath, put bread soda in it from your kitchen cupboard, throw that into the bath water, it takes an awful lot of that sense of itch you know, out of the skin. This is staggering, right? <laughs> it's gas. Like, you charge 60 grand. 50, 55. Uh, 50, that's the news talk discount. If you're not a news talk <laughs> listener, you pay 60 to Kira. You charge 60 grand. 
to put breast so- be- be- what do you call it be- baking soda breast milk in the bath <laughs> baking soda is it bread soda bread soda to put bread soda in the bath yeah. my mother yeah right 65 years ago yeah. would have put uh, baking bread soda, soda. Yeah, bread yeah, soda yeah. in the bath and she didn't charge 60 quid it, for it but you know what you're coming up here no, with no. the ancient would remedies that would you got for it nothing it works and we have to be creative for women who are breastfeeding and support them in their breastfeeding because we want them to breastfeed are you sure men can't breastfeed well you have quite sizable boobs George may, may, pectoral may, muscles pectoral I don't think muscles. that's all muscle to be perfectly honest <laughs> If you knew how many bench presses <laughs> I did in my youth to get these pectoral muscles, you wouldn't be saying like what you're saying. No, but you can't. Men can't do it. No, alas. All right. Well, they, 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 right. Well, if women try and do everything men want to do, why can't men do everything and women want? To well, do? feel free to give it a lash, George. But in All fairness, right. I don't think it'll be very successful. No, if I was going to give it a lash, so I'd try something else. Okay. What about this book? There should be reading books anyway about medicine. But people over fifty should have a CRP test. What's a CRP test? A uh, C-reactive protein. It's an inflammatory marker, George, and it's quite interesting because it does tell us things. And and it's it's, it's non-specific, which means that it's elevated in in the presence of inflammation in the body but we won't necessarily know where the inflammation is but what it does tell us is, is if somebody is well and healthy and doesn't have for example a chest infection but does have a pain for example in their hip and an elevated CRP then we know that they're probably having an arthritic thing going on in their hip so we, we can see a certain amount of stuff from them in terms of inflammation and one of, it's one of the tests we actually do do on, on the leaders in Operation Transformation and for example we saw some of our younger leaders had elevated CRPs which was largely to do with the fact that their joints are sore because they're overweight so it is a measure of inflammation right. and it has some uses but I mean I'm not a great one for getting everyone to have blood tests all the time either I sometimes no, think well, we, we, worry, point, we yeah. worry too much yeah yeah now I know the answer to this question so well, I you don't take know why I'm, no I don't know why I'm asking it but like I have, I have listeners who send the questions we have to help this poor female is 55 I would have thought that was a major problem the poor dear she's 55 and getting on a bit um, but she has says on- you <laughs> says you hook <laughs> I have an ongoing pain in my head she says at times at the top of my nose, sometimes in my nostril. Is it sinuses? I feel quite sick and it's getting me down. I know what you're going to say. It probably is her sinuses. But if she has no other symptoms other than a pain, she may need a little scan. Because we can actually scan your sinuses and look at them. It's not that it's, it's not rocket science. It's not even oh, brain well, surgery. Are not having a topical nasal spray? Well, you could try that. But if she's got chronic pain, she, she hasn't said my nose is congested, I'm running and all that. She said I've got this Ongoing pain. Ongoing I've got this pain between my eyes, basically. And there's other stuff that goes on there, including your pituitary gland sits in between your eyes and sometimes people can have situations uh, going on in that so I would suggest this is probably a scan situation Oh is it because it's getting her down yeah. so we should do that I, I would suggest yeah. this this, this youthful 55 year old <laughs> should have a scan You're such a cheeky yeah. monkey but 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 what about the person whose heart skips a beat? Now I don't know how you can tell your heart skips a beat every ten seconds. Anyway, this listener thinks they know. I have a chest infection. Just started antibiotics. This is normal. I'm presuming from this, right, 
that this isn't happening all the time because they've related it to well, Ange- skips a beat every 10 seconds do you not listen no 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 but she's, then she goes on and says I have a chest infection I'm on antibiotic or he says so I'm presuming maybe it's since they weren't on the oh, antibiotic do you know what I, I mean see. otherwise yeah, I don't know yeah, why they'd yeah. mention that if it was yeah. a, a perennial yeah, sorry, thing sorry. Um, so could it be to do with that um, some medications are, are quite unpleasant to take and they have weird effects on you so, so I'm not like, like Antibiotics? Well, some some antibiotics are are are, are unpleasant to take. They, are. And they, they can do that to you. Um, and sometimes when you have a chest infection, you may be running a bit of a fever. And when you run a bit of a fever, you can get things like innocent murmurs and. But you haven't answered my question. Uh, what I would say to her is, wait or him, wait till you're well, okay. And if you're still having palpitations when you're well, maybe go. Is, it, is that what I skip in the beat is? Yeah, a weird feeling of arrhythmia, a, a weird dysrhythmia. But your eye have arrhythmia. I know. I never do. felt it. I know, but you, but you can... Most people who have arrhythmia don't know they have arrhythmia because there are no symptoms. Well... You don't feel your heart skipping It depends the on the arrhythmia and it depends on the person. Right. Some, some arrhythmias you do feel. So I'm just saying, I'd wait and see what you're like when you're well and off the antibiotics. And if you're still having a problem, go and get it checked. All right. Now, I can't answer this question. Okay. I have no talent for this question. Okay, this is I unlike guess, you not to think you have. I guess on. repeat, Francis in County Gilera says, I get repeat bacterial vaginosis. Okay. Should I say, stay on macrodentin every day? I'm 53, had a hysterectomy at 34, and was recently treated for endometrial cancer. And I, I have no skill in this department. Oh, God love her. Okay, so she, she's somebody who's had cancer, and she's had a hysterectomy, and now she ha- bacterial vaginosis is where there's an overgrowth of bacteria in the vagina um, and she may or may not need to be on prophylactic regular antibiotics. I don't know whether or not she That's does. That's what macrodentin is. Macrodentin is an antibiotic and, right. and, and she's one who should, should be on. We sometimes leave people with recurrent infections. For example, there are people who are persecuted with recurrent urinary tract infections, for example, and we sometimes leave them on an antibiotic, a low dose, all the time because otherwise they literally have an infection every 10 days and it's, it's a nightmare for them. So it's hard to know in this case whether she needs that or not. Um, I would suggest she goes and discusses her. She's a complicated case because she's had endometrial cancer, which is cancer inside the uterus and all that kind of stuff. I would suggest she sits down with her gynecologist and says, look, I'm persecuted with this. I'm a young woman. I'm 54 years of age. 53. 53 years of age. She doesn't want to be 54. No, but she's still a young woman is what we're pointing out here, George. And 53? Absolutely. You're bloody 75. Would you go away? (laughs) I can't believe you. But here's the thing. I think she should have a chat with her gynae because at 53, she is still a young woman. And she wants to be sexually active. She wants to feel good. She doesn't. How want to be do having... you know that? You're making all kinds of. Well, I'm presuming because I know lots of 53 year old women that she still wants to live her life and not be oh. held back by this. So I think this is probably a chat for a gynae. Um and she okay. may or may not benefit from an antibiotic. It's hard for us to say, is what I'm saying. What's the difference between a gynecologist and an obstetrician? An obstetrician, do, they're they're usually one and the same, but an obstetrician deals with the pregnancy end of all the gynae stuff and a gynaecologist is dealing with all the uh, non-pregnancy end I suppose of all the gynae stuff. Now this is a very funny question I think. Ask the doc what's the best way to guard against and or treat shingles. Now can I put to you can I pose the question Yeah, yeah. that you can't actually guard against it oh yes you can oh. that's like the panto uh, and, the, and, and you sh- like this George there's a vaccine because vaccines are amazing <laughs> and vaccines are my favourite thing as you know there's a vaccine against shingles now are you serious yes and you should get it because I, I should give you, it to you on the shingles, air shingles shingles 
is. Oh, it's a nightmare. A nightmare. No, it's awful. Particularly for older people. The older you get, the worse it is. You kind of get a red uh, rash around your stomach, cl- don't you? Well, it can be anywhere on the body. It can be on your right. stomach or your but head. It's appalling, or yeah. A cluster of blistering rash kind of in a Can you get the a vaccine? Yes, there is sir. a vaccine. I, as I said to you, I'd give it to you on air. Go away. I would too. And would you include mumps, rubella and measles? I'd say you were probably of an era where you had mumps, rubella and measles. <laughs> you actually had them. You don't need the vaccine. You actually had the diseases. But there is a vaccine. The other thing is, is if you are someone who has the shingles now or, or is unlucky enough to get them in the near future. How do you treat? We, we give you tablets and you do need to take the tablets. They're antiviral oh, yeah. medications because they do reduce your risk after the shingles of the pain the post-herpetic neuralgia people get pain even when the rash is gone they still have pain in the same site for a long time and the tablets reduce the risk of that so it's very important to take the tablets so vaccine and tablets vaccine tablets now I've lost my train of thought because when you start talking vaccine I lose my train of thought you do the red mist comes down I'll, I'll come back to you in a minute about this thing but anyway yeah here's the question when somebody starts off the question with I am suicidal, you take it seriously, right? Yes, you do. Because this lady is at the end of her tether with the menopause. Could can the menopause drive you to that kind of state? There are I thoroughly got with the odd odd flush. No, I, about seventy percent of women with the menopause find the symptoms severe. All right. So so thirty percent thirty percent of women sail through it and they think it's grand. They get a few flushes as you say and then they're fine. But about seventy percent of women So really is do it struggle. possible the, that Ingrid at one point, because I'm a non caring husband. Absolutely you, know, you are. Was it possible that Ingrid was going through all kinds of hell and high water at one point? I'm sure she was, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, 70% is reasonable. Yeah. Oh no, it's what well, it is. If you've got seventy percent of women in the lottery you'd buy a ticket. Um here's the thing if you're that bad you need to sit down with somebody the main problems with the menopause are the vasomotor symptoms which are the hot flushes and the sweats and all that kind of stuff you can't regulate your temperature basically as a woman and so there for things like that, the most effective treatment is HRT. And that's what usually is bothering somebody. Other things that really bother them are things like mood swings and irritability and irrational anger and all those feelings. And both of those two sets of things, the, the, the vasomotor stuff, the flushing and the sweating and all that, and the mood stuff are both treatable. And I think this person needs to sit down and chat and do all that kind of stuff because she does need help. All right. I, I, if I was her and I was suicidal and I was going through, going through the menopause, I'd be taking HRT. Now, uh, just a piece of advice for you. Yeah, yeah. If you charge 60 quid yeah, for yeah. every question on the show, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't have to be doing doctoring. I'd be so wealthy, George, wouldn't well, I? Well, yeah, I must be say, because we have a ton of questions we haven't got to. We we'll have to get to them Sorry, next guys. week. And we have text messages with questions in every. But it is the Hook Health Checkup. Do please keep them coming to 53106. Um, Dr. Kelly will answer most of them. I'll answer some of them. If you're itching, I, I've got an appointment with my German. I'm sure she's thrilled. Well, I mean, I must say, what about if I was going to die? She can't see me for two months. If I'm prepared to pay top dollar, right, and I have to wait two months, what about the poor person who is on the state bill? How long are they waiting for? 18 months to two years. It's an absolute nightmare for people. All right. The Hook Health Checkup here on High Noon uh, with... uh, Kira Kelly. I won't give away her age yet, but she's getting up on that number I was talking she's about. She's premenopausal. <laughs> <laughs>